You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse number 1. The Bible says, So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. Verse number 2, And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. Verse number 4, And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to... Thank and praise the Lord God of Israel, Asaph the chief, and next to him Zechariah, Jael, and Shimramoth, and Jehiel, and Mattatiah, and Elib, and Benaniah, and Obadam, and Jael with sawtrees and with harps. But Asaph made a sound with cymbals. Benaniah also, and Jehaziel, and the, the priest with trumpets continually before the ark of the covenant of God. Verse number 7, then on that day David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. And let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this day. And Lord, I pray that we would never be guilty of just saying thanks out of habit. Uh, But I pray that it would truly be from our heart that we would be a thankful and a grateful people. I pray that we would never take for granted your blessings upon us. Lord, on this day, you have done so much for us just with all of the the services and the classes and the ministries. And Lord, it is only because of you, anything good that takes place here at Victory Baptist Church uh, is because of your blessing and because of your goodness to us. May we never forget it. And I pray that we would rejoice And I pray that we would desire to see you do more and to see you do greater things in the days ahead. We pray your blessing upon our time together tonight as we look at your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We're taking just a little break from Psalm 119, and I think you'll see why uh, when we get into the message tonight. I'd like to speak to you um, on the subject of thanksgiving, but specifically, I want you to see some reactions to the return of the ark. Now, the ark of the covenant was a very special piece of furniture to God's people. It was in the tabernacle. Moses uh, prepared that ark of the covenant and in the wilderness, that tabernacle was a mobile uh, tent. It was a, a mobile structure that would move from place to place as the children of Israel moved. The tabernacle and the ark of the covenant was always in the center of the camp they always wanted to keep that in the center and the reason is that in that ark of the covenant of course that ark of the covenant had the cherubims over the top of it in gold and uh, it was also referred to the as the mercy seat where where the presence of god resided and inside that piece of furniture and i i would liken it to maybe like a chest that you would see And that chest, inside of that chest, there were the tables of stone that God had given Moses 
the Ten Commandments. They were kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Well, what does that represent? That represents the Word of God. And I'm glad to tell you today that we don't have to find an Ark of the Covenant to have the Word of God. We've got the Bible. We've got that precious Word of God. Also, inside the Ark of the Covenant, there was Aaron's rod. If you remember Aaron's rod uh, that was, was used uh, in the, uh, the miracles uh, there as the children of Israel came out of Egypt and as they were in the wilderness and that rod was placed in there and that rod, although it was not connected to any roots, obviously, it was just a staff, it was just a stick, but that rod would bud. It would produce buds and flowers and blossoms and it was miraculous. Well, the rod represents the authority of God, but it also represents the power of God because that rod was no ordinary rod. It was miraculous. Well, I want to tell you, I'm glad that we see the power of God every day in our lives. You say, well, how do you see the power of God? Uh, well, get up early tomorrow morning. I, I guess it'll be raining so you won't see the sun, the sunrise, but that sun rising every morning, that's a miracle. That sun going down, that moon and those stars and, and the fact that we live on planet Earth. I've been talking to the children on Sunday nights about uh, creation and how the fact that we are situated in the perfect spot. We, 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 if we were a little further away from the sun, we'd freeze to death. If we were a little closer, we'd burn up. But God put us in the right spot. And can I tell you, that is the power of God every day that we see in creation. How about this, when you wake up in the morning, the fact that your heart's still beating, the fact that your lungs are still breathing air, the fact that your eyes can see and your ears can hear and your, your, your fingers can move and your, your legs can take you places, that's a miracle. And the Ark of the Covenant represented the Word of God. It represented the power and the authority of God. But also in the Ark of the Covenant, there was a pot. And in that pot, there was manna. And that manna was placed in that pot and that pot was placed in the Ark of the Covenant as a reminder of God's provision. For 40 years in the wilderness, God fed his people every single day. When they came out of Egypt, there were about a million and a half. That's the low estimate. Can you imagine feeding a million and a half people every day out in the middle of the wilderness? There was no food line. There was no uh, Sam's Club. There was no Walmart grocery. There was no uh, uh, farmer's market. It was the wilderness. But God fed his people every day for 40 years. That is the provision of God. And I want to tell you, as I look around here tonight, I want to tell you God's been good to us. God's provided for us. So the Ark of the Covenant, we just read, Brother Dan read for us, that, that it was brought back. Well, if you remember in 1 Samuel, the Bible tells us that the ark of God was taken by the Philistines. And uh, Eli was the priest and his sons, of course, you know the story, they were wicked. And God judged Israel because of their sin and the ark of God was taken. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and 4, and that was where uh, Eli, when he heard the news, he said, the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken. During that time and during that tragedy, one of Eli's daughters-in-law was giving birth to a baby. One of Eli's grandchildren was born, and when that baby was born, that baby was named Ichabod. 
And the reason for that name is because the news had just come that the glory of God, the, the ark of God had been taken and, and, and the, the mother named that child Ichabod, meaning the glory is departed. Well, at that time, Samuel was a young man. Eli was the priest who was at that point, he died, of course, from that story, he heard the news, fell backwards and broke his neck and died. Well, Samuel was a boy. Well, Samuel grew up and Samuel then uh, poured oil upon the head of a young man by the name of David to be the king in replacement for King Saul. So now David has grown up and David is the king and it is at this point that they are getting the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles uh, 14, uh, verse number uh, 13, excuse me, that they tried to bring it back and there was a man that tried to touch the ark with his hand and that was not the way that God had told them to transport it. They were supposed to transport it on uh, staves or rods that were put through the rings, but they were not supposed to touch the ark with their hands. And this man Uzzah, he did. And when he did, the Bible says that God killed him because of his disobedience. He didn't do it God's way. First Chronicles 13, the Bible says, verse 10, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And he smote him because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. Verse 13, So David brought not the ark home to himself, to the city of David, but he carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And notice what happened. And the Lord did what? He blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. You know how you get the blessing of God in your home? You know how you get the blessing of God on your family? Get your family around the presence of God. And I don't just mean, well, we got a family Bible that's sitting on the shelf collecting dust, you know, so therefore, no, no, no. I'm talking about the presence of God and that you read the Bible, that you pray, that you spend time with God, that you seek God, that you come to church, that you serve God. But, but how to have the blessing of God? You get your family around the presence of God. We see then in chapter 15, verse number one, David made him houses in the city of David and he prepared a place for the ark of God and he pitched for it a tent. Of course, Solomon, his son, would be the one that would build the temple and that would be the, the, the destination for that ark. But for now, David is preparing a place there in Jerusalem with a, a tent to cover the ark. But it says in verse 2, Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. And David gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord unto his place. And it lists all the names of the different uh, uh, sons of Aaron, the sons of Kohath and uh, Merari and Gershom and Elizaphan and all the different sons. And gets to verse number uh, 12 and it says that they were to sanctify themselves, that they may bring up the ark of the Lord, God of Israel, unto the place that David prepared for it. Verse 13. For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. Verse 14, so the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. The ark has been gone for a long time. And David had a desire, David a man after God's own heart, he had a desire to bring the ark back and get it where it belonged. 
says in verse number 25 of chapter 15, David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands, they went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. Here it is. It's been three months since they first tried to, to transport it. And now they're finally going to transport it. They've done it God's way. They've got the rods. They've got the staves. They've got all of that figured out. And they go to the house of Obed-Edom and they bring it with joy. Verse number 28. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the cornet and with trumpets and with cymbals and making a noise with psalteries and harps. We see there was great rejoicing. Say, what happened? Did they win a battle? No. Did they have an incredible harvest? No. Did they get a lot of uh, treasures from a foreign nation? No. They got something better. They got the presence of God back in Jerusalem. And I want to tell you, maybe tonight, and this is, this is not the, the, the message, this is the introduction, maybe there's some in here, you need to get the presence of God back in your home. Say, well, pastor, I go to church. Uh, I, I, I still, I tell everybody that asks, I tell them I'm a Christian and, you know, I kind of, you know, do this and that. I'm talking about where Jesus is real in your life, where Jesus is not somebody you talk about or sing about one day a week, but it's 24-7. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've got him on my mind. You love him, you serve him, you talk about him. Uh, he is your life, not just a part of your life. But it says in chapter 16, so they brought the ark of God and they set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for and they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings. And then we get to verse number four. The Bible says that he, that is David, appointed certain of the Levites. These were the priests. These were the ones that were consecrated to do the work of God. Well, I tell you, we don't have Levites in our church. We've got something better. We've got the people of God. We've got, as 1 Peter says, we are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. You say, well, who does God want to use in 2021? You, me. We have been chosen. We have been selected by God for his work. It's not just a certain group of people. You say, well, pastor, I thought you were going to say it was the staff. They're supposed to serve God. Well, yeah, we're supposed to serve God, but so are you. So well, I thought it was the deacons, right? Deacons are servants. They are the ones that serve uh, because the widows were neglected in the book of Acts. So they appointed deacons so that the pastors could give themselves to the word of God and to prayer. So we'll let the deacons do all the work. Oh, no, 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 no. It's every born again child of God ought to be a servant, ought to minister and serve the Lord. And he appointed certain of the Levites. And I want you to notice these four tasks that David assigned. He assigned them, he appointed them, number one, to minister. The word minister means to serve. It means to labor. It means to be someone who executes a responsibility. The Bible talks about sacrifices that they offered. By the way, you and I, our bodies are a living sacrifice that we offer to God every day. They blessed the people. They gave to others. The Bible says David uh, uh, did something for everybody. He wanted to help others. They, they served. They ministered. But then notice verse number 10. 
as he began to praise God, he says that we should glory in his name and we should uh, uh, let them uh, rejoice that seek the Lord. I believe a part of ministering to God is to seek him. If you show up to work tomorrow and you show up at the job and, and you, you go to your job and you grab a broom and you start sweeping, well, that's a good thing to do. But if that's not the thing that the boss asks you to do, it'd be better to do the thing the boss wants you to do rather than just whatever you decide. Well, how do we know what God wants us to do? We got to seek him. We got to get in his word. We got to come before him and say, Lord, I'm seeking your will. I'm seeking your direction today. Seek the Lord. Verse number uh, nine, it says, verse number 10, verse 11, seek the Lord and his strength. How are we going to minister for the Lord? We're going to need some strength. And our strength will run out, but his strength will never fail. We seek the Lord and we seek his strength and we seek his face continually. You know, seeking God's face is different from just seeking what he says in his word. But when you seek his face, you're noticing if he's pleased. You're noticing if he's happy. You're noticing if you are meeting the approval of God. By the way, I want to say God loves you no matter what you do. But God is not pleased with us when we do what we want to do. God is pleased when we do the will of the Father. God is pleased when we do those things that he's called us to do. So we see that the first job was to minister. The Bible says in verse number 37 of 1 Chronicles 16, So he left there before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, Asaph, Asaph was the chief musician. He was the song leader there for David. And he left Asaph and his brethren to minister before the ark continually as every day's work required. In verse 38, and Obed-Edom, does that name sound familiar? He was the one that the ark was at his house for three months because they were waiting to transport it. And Obed-Edom with their brethren, three score and eight. Obed-Edom also the son of Jeduthun and Hosa to be porters. A porter was a doorkeeper. You say, well, that doesn't sound important. Well, I don't know if it was Obed-Edom that said it or not, but one of the Psalms the writer recorded and said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell out in the tents of wickedness. Can I tell you, your station, your job, your role may not seem like it's important. Maybe because you uh, work in a Sunday school class and you say, you know, these children, they're young and they don't understand everything. Or maybe you work with the adults and you say, these people don't understand it either. Or these people won't give a holy grunt. You know, I'm, I'm teaching my heart out and preaching my heart out. And people just stare. Or worse yet, they nod. Not in agreement, but they nod in sleep. And you say, good night. My position's not that important. Or maybe you're in the choir and you sing your heart out and you get done. And you think, I wonder if anybody even cared. Well, I want to tell you, first of all, people do care. and People do appreciate it. But secondly, even if they didn't, you're not doing it for them and I'm not doing it for you. We're doing it for the Lord. And I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather have the, the lowest position. I'd rather have uh, any position in serving God than to be the CEO out in the world. Can I tell you, David assigned some people. He said, I need you to minister. And one of those was Obed-Edom, who was a porter. 
You say, well, well why did Obed-Edom become a porter at the house of God where the ark of God was kept? I'll tell you why I think. I think because he got a taste for three months of what it was like to be near the presence of God. And I think after that ark of God was taken, I think Obed-Edom said, I can't keep the ark here, so I'm going with the ark. I just want to be close to God. I want to be where God is. Can I tell you, that's a great reason to serve God, a great reason to be involved in a church, because you can be in a place where God's working. You can be at a place where the Holy Spirit of God is at work. And I want to tell you, we all ought to minister. We all ought to serve in some capacity. I don't know what your role, I know many of you what your role is, but maybe if you don't have a, a job or you don't have a, something you're doing to serve God, I want to tell you, you ought to, tonight, you ought to enlist as a volunteer and say, I want to do something to serve God, to minister. Notice with me, chapter 16, verse 4. He appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record. I'll be honest with you, I've read this passage many times. I never saw it till this last week. That word and that phrase jumped out at me. You know what David said? He said, I need some people that are going to serve. But he said, I need some people that are going to write some stuff down. He said, why would we need to write stuff down? He said, I don't want to miss any of the blessings of God. I don't want to miss anything that God has done. I don't want to forget any of the miracles. I don't want to forget anything. We didn't have the Ark of the Covenant for months and months and months and years and years and years. And he said, now that we got it, I don't ever want to take it for granted. So you say, well, pastor, what are you telling us tonight? Here's what I'm telling you. That when we get the presence of God, number one, I think we ought to serve. We ought to minister. But number two, we ought to record the blessings of God. You know, it's amazing. There's a lot of things you'll forget if you don't write them down. There's a lot of things you'll forget if you don't record them. I have on my phone, I have so many pictures and thank the Lord they're backed up. But just the other day, I was scrolling through and I was seeing pictures of when Lacey and Savannah, when they were born and then uh, they were about two and a half years old that we came here to Roanoke Rapids and just seeing the pictures and seeing the, the ministry pictures and seeing pictures of people who've gone on to be with the Lord and seeing the blessings of God and seeing the goodness of God. Well, friend, if we don't record some things, we will forget all that God has done. And I want to tell you, I believe this is here because God gave it to David and God inspired it to be written here that there's some that need to record. I think we all should write down the blessings. I think we should all record the answers to prayer. It has never been easier to record information. We have cell phones, we have computers, we have uh, uh, tablets and iPads and pictures and videos and, and email and text messages. We have so many ways that we can jot things down. David said, we need some people to record, not to remind God, because he never forgets, but to remind us, because we often forget. May we never forget the great things that God has done. May we never take for granted all the blessings that God has given us in the past. That's exactly what the book of Chronicles is. It is a record of all the things that God had done. The Bible gives us a record in 1 John 5, and it says this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Can I tell you, I'm glad that was recorded. 
Aren't you glad that it was recorded for us that God sent his son? Aren't you glad we have the promises of God and it's not up to us to remember? God has given them to us in his word. May we, number one, may we serve. Number two, may we record what God has done. I've been talking today and Wednesday night, I think last Sunday we mentioned it, about the Thanksgiving list. Please, for your sake, please take time to list and record the things that God has done in your life. Quickly, number three, not only were they to minister, not only to record, but it says in verse four that they were to thank God. The Bible says in verse number seven, then on that day, David delivered first this psalm, which is Psalm 105. The, the first about eight or ten verses are exactly the same as First Chronicles 16. Delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord. Verse number eight, give thanks unto the Lord. Notice verse number 34. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 35, and say ye, Save us, O God of our salvation. Gather us together. Deliver us from the heathen that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. This, this chapter in First Chronicles is a psalm and it goes on just to talk about all the great things that God has done. We ought to thank God for what he has done. I think you should thank God for what he's done in our church. I think you ought to thank God for what he's done in our country. But I think we ought to thank God for what he's done for us personally. Number one, we ought to serve. Number two, we ought to record. Number three, we ought to thank. But then number four, we ought to praise. It says in verse number four, and to thank and to praise the Lord God of Israel. This psalm, verse seven, was a song of praise to God. Verse number nine, it says to sing unto him, to sing psalms, to talk of all his wondrous uh, uh, works. Ten, glory in his holy name. Rejoice that seek the Lord. Verse number 24, it says to declare his glory among the heathen. Verse 25, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Verse 29, give unto the Lord the glory that is due unto his name. Did you know if you owed somebody money, there would reach a point where you would say you have given them what was due. You had given them what was owed them, the account would be closed, the bill would be paid, the debt would be canceled because you paid what you owed to that person. But when it says give unto the Lord the glory that is due, the glory that he deserves, I don't think there's anybody in here that would say, I've already done that. Because you're never going to give God the glory. You're never going to reach a point where you have given God all the glory that he deserves. That's a continual process. That's a daily task that we have to give God the glory. Then it says in verse 29, bring an offering. That's a good way to give God glory and a good way to give God thanks. Bring an offering, come before him and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Verse 36, blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. And all the people said, amen. amen. That'd be a good thing to say in church once in a while. 
Brother Dan asks at the beginning of the service, you know, he says, everybody alive. Sometimes I want to ask that during the message, make sure everybody's alive. And all the people said, amen. amen. And what did they do? And they praised the Lord. You say, well, well why did they do, what, what was the reason for all of this stuff that they did? It's because they got the Ark of the Covenant back. They got the presence of God back to Jerusalem. Now, hang on. I, I've got to make sure you understand this. I think you do. I'm not trying to, to talk down to you. I'm just trying to make sure we all understand. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God moved on people at certain times, and the Spirit of God left people at certain times. But if you've been saved, we are living in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. The Holy Spirit stays. He said, I will be with you, Jesus said, always even to the end of the world. You don't have to hope and pray that we get a, a piece of furniture back so we have the Spirit of God. You have the presence of God with you if you're saved. Let's live like it. And let's do what David commanded to the Levites, the priests. He said, hey, let's get some people that'll minister. Let's get some people that'll record some things and write some things down so that we can have something to pass down to our children. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think we need it for our children as much as I think we need it for us because we so soon forget. God will give you blessing after blessing after blessing, and a week later, one thing doesn't go your way, and you are all bent out of shape and mad at God. Friend, I got news for you. You got memory problems. I got memory problems because God has been so good to us. Why don't you write them down? So when the hard times come, you can go back and say, well, on November 21st, 2021, here's what God did. And by the way, for Victory Baptist Church, through COVID, here's blessing after blessing after miracle after miracle after miracle. And you want to doubt God? Friend, not me. I want to keep praising Him. And I want to keep thanking Him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.